of course we had technical support and marketing support but produced all of it with you know no assistant producer support no company management support none of those structures you would usually have at the age of 23 in my first job in a regional theater I mean it was a baptism of fire and luckily I swam that's like the the real story that I kind of don't I rarely share because it's sort of kind of by the by. I think I applied for another job. Amy Letman, one of the biggest producers in the North, if not the UK. She's had an amazing journey, which she talks about in this next chapter. Amy is the creative director of Transform and speaks so honestly here about her 10 year journey, taking an experimental arts programme and turning into an international festival. We also ended the conversation speaking about things beyond work in the arts, things that matter so much more than we might even realise in the moment. I'd like to take the opportunity to thank Amy for opening up her diary and speaking so honestly. I definitely learned a lot from this conversation and I'm sure you'll get so much from it too. This is The Director's Diary. I'm Alex Palmer. It's no one's intention ever to share a diary, so if you're listening to this, keep it close and use it well. So thank you so much for, for joining me, Amy. I've uh, I've been looking forward to this for so long. Me um, too. So um, the, the first question we like to ask the guests on the podcast is um, about your journey so far. Yeah. Um, so in, in two minutes, can you describe how have you got here? Yeah. Okay, so I was born in Birmingham, <laughs> going right to the start, and I grew up in Ipswich down south um went to like I kind of grew up in like a little it was like a little kind of countryside area like outside Ipswich like small town like very frustrated as a teenager kind of thing wanting to get out of this town okay I'm gonna have to go more quickly aren't I (laughs) this is two minutes I did a lot of stuff um at school like I got really like I was always interested in like drama art all of that stuff did this youth theatre in Ipswich which was um, supported by the Laban Guild and was very kind of um, movement and sort of multidisciplinary focused weirdly Abby Greenland from Rash Dash was in it too we grew up in the same area we went to Zoom youth theatre so that's kind of yeah in a nutshell my life like my younger life frustrated growing up in a small town not a lot to do got involved in art stuff I went to Goldsmiths for university um, University of London I studied drama and theatre arts um, had a wild time um, and started producing probably at university um, I ran a little festival called Short Nights, which we did kind of in the studio at the university and also kind of, you know, uh, in um, a fringe venue in London called Southwark Playhouse. Um, After uni, I worked in New York for a little bit. I did like a placement there and I also kind of tried to make it work as a producer in London, um, working with kind of my peers, like who were running companies um, whilst interning for producers and working in a call centre and working in bars. Um, I then randomly got a job in Leeds when I was 23 years old as associate producer at Leeds Playhouse. And I left kind of all my friendship circle and life in London to move to Leeds. Knew about three people, um, Abby Greenland and Helen from Rash Dash, plus someone that I'd met at Glastonbury a few years before, who I'm weirdly still in touch with. And um, yeah, I then worked at Leeds Playhouse for three and a half years. I, um, I, yeah, was responsible for kind of artist and new work development and looked after a programme called Transform, which was at the Playhouse at the time. I then left my role there in 2015 to go independent. Um, I got some funding from the Arts Council to kind of develop as an international curator and spent a lot of time abroad, like lived in Germany for a bit. And then I eventually came back to Leeds to like properly focus on setting up Transform as an independent independent company. I've now been doing that for five years. I live in Chapeltown in Leeds. 
Um, I'm re currently renovating a Victorian house with my partner, who's called Felix, as a theatre technician, and I'm obsessed with a DIY and interior design, but I'm a very, like, DIY kind of interior design person, and I love, you know, to travel, usually pre-COVID, see the world, and I love swimming. Is that enough? Is that two minutes? Perfect. Perfect timing. Over. Slightly over, but we'll, we'll do it. It's fine. It's great. I missed out a lot of heartbreak, but I just thought I'll keep it professional. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to that later. <laughs> later. Um, that's great. So, so talk to me about Transform then. Where did the idea come from? Um, and maybe you can focus this next bit in terms of talking to us about the first year. 2011. Yeah, so so as I said, this kind of connects to my life story. So I moved, I moved to Leeds in March 2011. I'm still convinced they gave me the job because I was available. <laughs> and I remember kind of going up to Leeds for the interview and they were sort of like, when can you start? Um, and I was like, whenever, and their sort of faces lit up a bit. <laughs> and then a month later I was living in Leeds and um, Transform was due to essentially when I kind of I remember at the time kind of holding the Playhouse season brochure in my hand um, and I, when I was there for the interview and there was a section in the brochure that said Transform and it was like a season of you know, something like very broad, like a season of thinking differently about the Leeds Playhouse in collaboration with, and then a list of kind of curators and art. And oh, there was like three artists that were named and like two curators and being like, oh, that's interesting. None of the details are confirmed and it's in three months. So I basically ended up having this very whirlwind kind of moving to Leeds getting a, my first proper arts job within the context of a large scale regional theatre that was that was kind of hadn't really gone through much change for a very long time. And this was sort of like the first big bit of like thinking differently about what the programme could be or how a, a regional theatre might operate. And I was just, you know, right in there at the deep, at the, in the deep end having to set up a program in like three months time. So it was, the, the concept was there. So the then executive director um, of the Playhouse at the time, Sheena Wrigley, who actually then went on to become Transform's chair and is now becoming um, the venue director at, uh, at the factory, the new MIF venue. Um, but at, at the time she was sort of overseeing a sort of change program within the Playhouse, thinking about, how the theatre could um, think differently about what a regional theatre could be and kind of open up and open out more to different ways of, you know, working and thinking. So, so Transform was positioned within that context of a much larger kind of organisational change piece. And, but was kind of really focused on programming at the Playhouse and looking at how I don't know, kind of shifting audiences' ideas of what a performance at the Playhouse might look and feel like. So that was the initial invitation. And there were two curators on board, um, Cully Tiare, who now runs Leeds 2023, and Alan Lane, who runs Slung Low. So we put it together, to, together essentially, Alan, uh, Cully and I, within three months. And yeah, it was a bit of a whirlwind. And I guess it was as much about putting together a programme as it was like conducting an experiment within the kind of structure of the Playhouse. Because obviously a lot of the work that we were putting on was very different to the kinds of work that you would ordinarily have seen at the Playhouse at that time. I think since then, it was 10 years ago now, like there has been a, there has been a shift, but you wouldn't necessarily see new performance or devised work or um, experience events or programs that you know took you outside of those more conventional theatre 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 structures and it was an experiment really working you know looking at what a program could look like but also how 
the technical teams, front of house teams, marketing teams embraced a slightly different way of working. And that's where it came, that's where it sort of originated. It was a kind of an idea that was there before I arrived. Um, the, the title was there, but not much else. And in that first year, it was the three of us, the two curators and I, that sort of set about putting it together in collaboration with the different departments or in persuasion, really. It was a big persuasion job to kind of bring people on board this kind of very unusual shaped thing that was happening in three months time. And I guess what it looked like in that first year was kind of scratchy and sort of finding some kind of identity, even though, you know, it was set, I initially thought it was just going to be a one year thing. I didn't think it would necessarily become a thing that sort of continued. So, yeah. And and what was your, what was your biggest challenge, would you say, in that time when you, when you were thinking about the programme how are you making those connections? Like what, what was the biggest challenge during that time? Time. And actually I've been thinking about that particular program a lot uh, at the moment, because we're doing a quite an ambitious project that's happening this summer, which is like a digital showcase, which we're working on with some partners across England. Um, it's called Horizon. It's an international showcase. And that project has been really hard in terms of the time available, mainly because of the pandemic, that it just took us so long to be able to make decisions about things. And actually, I've kind of been reflecting back over the last few years that I haven't felt that same sense of like pressure and kind of like as I did in that initial year, because there was so much to do as well. And I was sort of like plonked in to this structure. So whereas the Playhouse has a very clearly defined structure to put on theatre, there was no structure for Transform or this work. So I think we did, I think the programme cost around about £100,000 and there were probably about 15 projects and a load of events. And it was just me kind of coordinating the whole thing. And actually, I do think that did set up. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about the development of Transform and handing over to a team, but it probably did set up a slightly toxic model of that I was expected to work in terms of doing everything, delivering everything. Of course, we had technical support and marketing support, but produced all of it with you know, no assistant producer support, no company management support, none of those structures you would usually have at the age of 23 in my first job in a regional theatre. I mean, it was a baptism of fire and luckily I swam, (laughs) but it was touch and go at points where I'd sink. Massive understatement, I think it sounds like it's <laughs> wow, that's yeah. And, and Alan and Cully really led the program in that in that year, and they had ideas sort of coming into it, and I sort of supported them to develop those ideas. But it was a sort of steer from them, really. And a lot of the artists that came in were artists from their own networks. And I remember that they wrote this sort of one page, a kind of invitation two artists which they sent around to people they were interested in speaking to which was kind of just a really elegantly posed kind of proposition in terms of imagining something different within the context of a theatre that was trying to reimagine itself (laughs) and some artists responded to that more than others um but we had, yeah, some really amazing things happen over those two weeks. I mean, it was mad and incoherent and kind of chaotic, but it was, it shifted something definitely in Leeds that, that year. And I think also thinking back to the ecology in Leeds at the time, it was the new work kind of provision was very low level and there wasn't the same scene like there is I remember going to things and I was like oh wow there's like 10 really committed theatre people here people like Matt Rogers like Ellie Harrison but it's not like what it was now you know what it is now and there was no clay and there was no I think the the Slunglow hub had started but it was in its early years there wasn't a compass festival like it was really hard coming from London to Leeds and being like oh 
So this is what there is in terms of performance provision. But I guess we just sort of built it and grew it over those years. And when I say we, I mean like a bunch of people like across the city. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely remember the first and even the second kind of year of Transformer and feeling that change in the city. Of yeah. Thinking of feeling, oh, this is something that the city just doesn't have. Could you talk to us about um, the moment that you stepped away from the Playhouse then and Transform became its own thing and kind of yeah. what your vision for it was at that time? Yeah, so I guess it's hard to talk about the moment of stepping out without the kind of the context of why. And there were a few reasons that kind of came together to make me feel like it was the right time to go, um, which was that, I mean, realistically, being working in the context of a regional theatre didn't suit me that well. <laughs> um, I was interested in the kind of work I was interested in, and I sort of always have been interested in that kind of work, which is, I guess, cross-disciplinary, you know, site-based, very open in terms of its form, international work. You know, I was interested in international work right back from kind of university days. And it was, you know, I struggled, I think, with it in a context where that work was seen on this thing as this thing on the edge. And I spent a lot of time at the Playhouse over those years. And I had a lot of energy because I was like, you know, early to mid 20s, convincing people to support particular projects, you know, explaining what particular projects were, why they were important, doing a lot of fighting when people said no. Um, it was a lot of stress, actually, the constant kind of barriers and no's and hurdles to the kinds of work that artists were trying to do. Things that should feel very simple that suddenly were, you know, supposedly really difficult. And I wasn't probably artistically kind of challenged a great deal um, beyond the work I was sort of doing. And it was lonely as well. I was a little bit siloed. Again, I was sort of like my own department and the projects that I did or the work I did didn't really have a team around it. And in fact, I'd have to do a lot of persuasion for just simple things like having a production manager on a, on a programme or a project. And that just gets really tiring. So that, that's the kind of negative bit. That's like the, the real story that I kind of don't, I rarely share because it's sort of, kind of by the by but the other bit was I guess as we were developing transform over the years or doing it within the context of the playhouse going oh but it could be like this or oh it could be like that oh if we had a bit more support imagine and then at the same time um again I sort of said a little bit how I was had always been interested in international work and a couple of really key things that changed for me was firstly when the bid um, for the European Capital European Capital of Culture bid started in 2015. And I got really excited about that. Like, oh God, this city that I, you know, accidentally moved to is now talking about bidding to be European Capital of Culture. Now that's why I'm talking about. And all the conversations were about scale and ambition and like international and like bringing the world to the city. And I was like, I can get on board with this. This sounds exciting and kind of worth staying around for. And I got very involved in those conversations and sort of supported the council in those very early days to get mainly earlier career artists and producers kind of involved in those conversations. And then the other thing was that the Arts Council and British Council launched um, what, a scheme that was called the Artist International Development Awards. And I applied, I think it was in the sort of first or second round, to go to a festival um, in Germany called Theater Develt, Theatre of the World, which happens in a different German city every three years. So it's hosted by the sort of German International Theatre Institute and a different host city. 
and uh, somewhere in Germany, whoever's up for hosting it. And the particular year that I went, it was curated by an artistic director called Matthias Lilienthal, who founded the How, um, the Hebel in um, Berlin, which is a, a really incredible independent kind of production house spread across three different theatres in, um, in Germany, in Berlin. And... Uh, and he had curated this program across the city of Mannheim in some of the big sort of state venues alongside DIY spaces uh, and kind of out and about around the city. And I was there for three weeks and just had a really extraordinary time sort of engaging with work across the world, from across the world. And kind of just got kind of hooked again on international work and was cycling around Mannheim imagining it was Leeds and going what if we had a festival like this in Leeds which is a ridiculous idea because I mean the budgets available for the scale of festival they were trying to create uh, like beyond our wildest dreams um, for any like UK festival probably but it was that didn't matter in a way. It was like the sort of, just the desire or the urge to create something that felt like international experimental festival vibe in Leeds. And, and I think I probably had the seed planted earlier and I was always very in awe of festivals like Mayfest in Bristol and in between time and knew a bit about their journey going out of venues. So the, the seed was probably there, but I think I really then came back from that trip and when, okay, something has to change now, I can't have experienced what I just experienced and sort of go back to the same old kind of daily fight within the theatre. <laughs> And yeah, so that's sort of where it came from. And then I guess to cut a sort of long story short, I spent some time convincing the then chief exec and artistic director at the Playhouse to um, get on board with that idea, which they did. Um, you know, and that sort of led to me leaving. And I left not with a view of setting up Transform. I actually left because I got... Um, I then, after the AIDF, decided to apply, decided that I wanted to leave the Playhouse and I decided to apply for some funding from Arts Council to support my own development as an international curator producer. So I put in a bid and got it, which would have supported me for about a year to do a bunch of travelling and, um, yeah, and to do some thinking and work and to what I would do next in an independent capacity. So it was all that was, it was about me leaving and going independent, but not necessarily about the transform thing. Although at the time I was also, you know, in the background working with the Playhouse to take them on that journey of transform becoming an independent festival. But I sort of took a risk when I handed in my notice that it could go either way but it went this way yeah that's awesome what what a journey that is and I, I wonder if you can so that's like the that's like the finish like from looking back point yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if there's a kind of a failure early on that you can kind of point to or kind of something that didn't go right because that story is very much like one thing led to another and it's very it's a success yeah. story and you are it like transforms a massive success but I'm wondering if there's, is there a kind of favorite failure you have or a kind of moment you can tell us that something didn't go well or you had difficulty with something just to prove you're human, you know, if, if nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> there's like multiple failures. I have failures every day, like every week. But I mean, the, the, the process of setting Transform up was particularly rocky. Um, it was really, it was really hard. Like I maybe painted that in quite a rosy way and then it sort of happened. And, but it, it was difficult because I think, yeah, once I'd left the Playhouse, there was this kind of weird transition where I was sort of like an ex-employee of the Playhouse. I was trying to, 
I was trying to um, set something up independently, but in partnership with them and to have some status in that partnership rather than just feeling like an employee that wasn't on the payroll anymore. Was there a moment where you can remember feeling like, yes, now it's now it's transform and now it's the thing that I wanted and it's yeah. mine? It's like, um, well, I'd say in the 2019 festival, I felt like that a bit of like, wow, OK, this worked. But that was four years later to starting Transform. And this year in the in the pandemic, we have had some funding success where for the first time I've gone, OK, now we're on a roll. So that's six years later. So there's been it was really, really bumpy and it was really hard. Like when we, you know, our first we got, well, I think when we left the Playhouse, so I was working with Rick Watts at the time, who's a really brilliant producer, and he massively helped me to set up the company because there was just loads I didn't know in terms of how to set up a charity. And actually Helen Nackwell, who was the then finance director at the Playhouse, helped loads with that process as well. So I got lots of support working at how to set up a company, how to get on board trustees, you know, set about developing the mission, the vision, the first program, the plan. Um, we got an initial bit of money from Arts Council, um, like a small bid, like 15,000 to just set the company up and get the website sorted and do the initial producing work and like the first phase. And then our first bid for the first program was unsuccessful. So that was a massive knockback. And what did you think then, like when you got that rejection? How did you kind of... So now I'm really used to it. And actually, um, Ben Wormsley, someone on our board, always says that I'm like a netball player and I always pivot. I was terrible at network at netball, like at school. But yeah, it's a bit like pivoting, like I'm in this position. Ah, that's not possible. There's no one there to pass the ball to move over here. Um, and I'm very used to that now. And I don't feel disappointment in the same way that I did because I'm so used to it. But initially I would take it really personally. And I think when we first, the first bid where we didn't get, I think I sort of just, I think I applied for another job. I think I was literally, yeah, honestly, I think I was like, oh my God, this isn't going to work. Like, I think the person we'd been speaking to at the Arts Council that was really supportive of like gone on leave or something, it was someone else and they didn't quite understand the history of it or the background of it and was a bit like, why are you putting in this massive bid for this when this is part of the Playhouse? And we were like, no, this has left the Playhouse and we've gone on this whole journey and we've been in dialogue with Arts Council the whole way through, but like it just, the communication and sort of, yeah. And the probably the bid wasn't strong enough at the end of the day. Um, it, yeah. And, and we didn't get it. And that was like, oh my God. But then we rethought it and we resubmitted and we did it in a different way. Um, we've, we've often had real difficulties because the festival is biannual, but because we're commissioning work, we're producing work, presenting international work, it takes like two years to do it. Um, and we had a real problem always like getting funding in the off year as well. Like the, the festival bid was always something that was like, I think, easy to understand. Whereas the off year, it was like all the commissioning and development was like a harder ask. So we've had definitely, we've had a, a number of arts council applications that just haven't gone through. Luckily, like touching words, we've had a relatively like good run over the last like few bits. And that's really helped stabilize us because of course, as you'll know, every time you don't get a bid, you have to redo the whole fucking thing and rethink everything. And it sets you back. It sets you back months. It really, really does. And especially when you're trying to like commit to doing a festival at a certain time. So that was so that was that was always hard. And then other other failures, like we had um. I mean, in the last festival, particularly Transform 19, which I now look back on, think it was a huge success, but we just, we didn't really have enough people and we didn't really have enough money to do what we'd committed to do. So there were some really rocky points there. Um, and I've talked about it. Yeah, go on. 
And, and now you've moved on to a kind of model where you have got that behind you. So I'm wondering whether you can, whether you can talk a little bit about um, how you as a founder and this kind of person who's, who's been with Transform from the very start, how, how, how do you now work with those people who have come to this fresh? Yeah. How do you, ins- how do you ensure that they buy into Transform the way that you see it? And, and, and maybe this, we'll get to maybe a secondary question is like, if someone isn't doing Transform the way that you see it, how do you navigate that? It's a really good question. I feel like, I mean, a big thing is just happening is just having to be more relaxed about what transform is. Um, I think it's very, it's very common as a founder for it for the thing to become really deeply kind of intertwined with you as a person. And I think transform and me have been intertwined in that way. But it is time for us to take a little step away from each other. It really is that time. It's ready now and I'm ready to take a step back from it. And it's not like I've been wanting to hold it all myself for like these years. It's just been like impossible on project to project grant funding to um, have a consistent team. And so what would happen is I'd hold everything and then we'd bring in a fresh group of freelancers, say six months before a festival, which of course isn't enough time to really deeply understand the programme and the projects and the culture and the context is not enough time to learn how to do your job, let alone put on an entire festival. Um, So, you know, that was just always the way it was, was me kind of holding everything. And also I think I was happier five years ago doing everything. And now I'm much more kind of don't want to do everything. I want to do certain parts of like the role really well and oversee certain parts of the organization, but not others. Um, And it's just time for fresh energy as well. And we were really lucky to get some funding. This, we got a good run of of funding. I basically just, we, as soon as the pandemic hit, we postponed the festival and I spent a year fundraising. And actually that's, it's been a gift to us. That's all, that's what we always needed. You know, pre-Transform 19, I was sticking in funding bits three months before the festival, trying to raise all of the cash we needed. And so we just needed, you know, and we just needed a year of really like just real dedicated fundraising time. We worked with some fundraisers on that and yeah. And we now have some, a few funders that are supporting us across multiple years rather than one year or one project. So that's enabled us to start building this team. And we also had some money from the EU that we were awarded and got in 2019. So that supported a first kind of tranche of building the company. We can hire an administrator and a producer. And now the funding we've got recently, we've got a producer, creative people. We've got um, an assistant producer. We also also got a bunch of freelancers that support us in different ways. Some who've been part of the journey, like our brand and branding and design company have been on the journey since it was part of the Playhouse. And our accountant has been with us for six years. Um, and we've just kind of then picked up other people along the way. So really how it's like, I think it's about really clear vision and values. And I think Transform has that. We're very clear with what we are, what we do. And I should say, that's not just me that's developed those, that's with the board of trustees that have developed those values as well. If, if someone um, starts, starts a job at Transform then, what is that kind of first week like? How do you infuse those values and vision with, with that person? Yeah, well, I'll speak about Jay, Jay, who's our assistant producer, who's just joined. So the recruitment is obviously really important. So I think we've kind of got better at being like just more transparent in job callouts. It's really easy to just look at how other people get do job callouts and do it in the same way. But we've really tried to be very transparent about who the team are like what the you know the demographic of the team what the values of the organization are what you'll be coming into you know what the role involves Um, and we did informal kind of calls with people that wanted to find out more 
So, you know, I remember doing our call with Jay, our assistant producer, and her asking about our vision and values. So it was right from there, really, this is what we stand for, you know. And, and then they can then make the decision of whether the organization's right for them or not. So they make a choice. You know, it's about both parties making that choice. And I mean, with, with you know, with our new assistant producer, Jay, I think, yeah, in her first week, we did do a team away day, which probably isn't something we do for everyone. I mean, I say away day, somebody had a COVID scare. So we actually did on Zoom in the end, but we spent time then doing the vision, the values, the history, and then it's kind of over to them. And we're really lucky as well. We, we work with an amazing producer called Ali Ford. We're incredibly lucky to work with her. And she completely gets the kind of work we do. And she's an incredibly experienced producer. And she's also been coming to the festival as an audience member for many years. So, I mean, we barely did any introduction with Ali at all. She just, it was like she was immediately just part of the family, knew exactly what's going on. So she oversees our assistant producer and, I don't think there's sort of a, oh, what if someone's not doing it in a way that is transform? I mean, I think it's about this. These are the values, like this is the kind of the ethos within which we work. These are the policies within which we work. We have a, a policy around kind of inclusion and equality and access. So again, there's sort of, there's stuff there. It's not like, oh, you should do it like this. It's, this is, this is the way that the company wants to work. And, you know, we invite you to get on board and, and um, to work, uh, you know, in a way that feels aligned in terms of ethos and values. And I think I'm also just having to let go of the little things. And I think, yeah, it's really important for founders and for anyone that runs a small organization or thing is to just, let it go and let people do it in the way that they are going to do it in their own way it might not be the way that you do it but it doesn't mean that it's not the right way in fact your way might, you might not have been doing it the right way you know and I'm learning from a lot from our team already and they're supporting me to give over like to give things up and I've been very transparent with them that where I'll need support from them is in letting go. And that's the journey I'm on now. And it's a massive relief, if I'm honest. <laughs> that's so true. And, and having a team that, I guess there's a lot of trust involved, but you've got to trust them that they you, yeah. you can't just let go to anyone, can you? You've got to, but I you guess. Let it go. You just need to kind yeah. of be on a different, I now need to exist on a different or work on a different plane and a different level which is not in all the detail that I used to be in on every project. I need to be focused on the programming, the strategy, the fundraising, the running of the company. I do quite a lot of marketing as well, which is currently still in my role and will maybe hand over to others at some point, but well, hopefully, but for now I'm doing quite a lot of marketing. Uh, <laughs> but like the producing of the projects will be led by will be led by um, Ali. And, and I still, you know, I'm involved because we're such a small team that you're kind of, you're aware of like most things that are going on. And it's, you know, there's a team of five, not kind of 500. So, so you're, you're involved. You're just not in the detail of everything. And I think it will be really interesting to see the change that this has on the organization and what it, what our programs look like as well with wider influences because inevitably people will bring in their own influences and ideas uh, as well. Let's talk about that then. In terms of um, programming work, Yeah. Uh, speaking quite personally to you rather than the team, um, like what, what, is, what would you say is the most important thing when choosing either an artist or a piece of work to program? What, what is it that cuts the mustard for you? Yeah. So I think there's obviously um, the art form focus, um, which feels really important. Uh, well, I'm speaking, I'm speaking as myself, but also um, as Transform. <laughs> the, uh, like Transform, our programme is kind of, I guess, 
is performance. I, I'd say it's like the, the bridge between theatre and performance art, and it sits somewhere within that middle space. Performance influenced by theatre and live art practice. It's not theatre, although we do say theatre, but that's a kind of, we say that with a wink because it's about kind of reclaiming the term, but it's not theatre, theatre. And that's the work that I'm interested in, the work that like exists in that space. Is it live art? Is it theatre? It's kind of performance. Um, and I guess being more direct, that's work that is made collaboratively, often work that feels like it's at the intersection between different um, different uh, art forms. You know, I ultimately went to an art school and I was really influenced, like as I was growing up through this youth theatre I did by movement practice as well. So I'm, I'm quite interested in movement or like dance. Um, I'm interested in work that feels aesthetically bold and kind of highly visual. I'm interested in work that, yeah, really subverts form. Um, I'm interested in work that's about something that like, that compels me and that speaks to something within me or speaks to something that relates to what's happening in the world. Like there's a kind of urgency that I like around, you know, if I'm engaging with a performance, I want to feel like it's making some kind of difference, like it's changing me in some way. Um, and I'm really personally interested and have been for probably the last year, like 10 years or more in work, um, work that involves people being themselves on stage. And that may mean a performer being themselves. I find acting quite embarrassing. <laughs> It's just I'd find it a bit awkward when people are playing other roles. Like there has to be a real reason for that, like to be used as a technique. So I'm interested in people just being themselves on stage. But I'm also really interested in people that wouldn't otherwise find themselves on a stage being on stage. Yeah, I'm interested in like mess on stage as well and just things you wouldn't usually expect to happen in a theatre or on a stage. That's really cool. And like reality, like life on stage, I'm interested in that. And, and then I guess in terms of what, why a work within Transform, there's something about readiness for me in terms of artists, definitely. There's so many artists in Leeds and we could work with all of them. But it feels like they have to do, they have to align with our ethos and way of making of the, the, the lens through with, with which we see what performance could be. There has to be an alignment there. There has to be a readiness in terms of transform being a context that feels useful to that artist at that point. And that's an instinct thing, I think, between like me really and that artist of, like, is it the right time to do work and transform or particularly because there's an interest in supporting artists, I guess, who are earlier career as well. But I think there's a balance there of waiting until it feels like the right time and compatibility or alignment or connection with this city feels important for the international programming. It's not really just about like shopping. It's deeper than that like the work that we present internationally is informed by my experiences like living in the city and what's going on in the city and, you know, a connection with audiences here and artists here. Um, yeah, it's not just like, oh, that's a great show. You know, it feels like there has to be an alignment. There's often a reason to present a work, like it speaks to something in the city, even if that's not necessarily obvious to the audience when they're seeing the work like there's a reason you know definitely for sure it's that bigger bigger why isn't it it's the, yeah um, that's really cool um yeah I'm, I'm wondering as well if I can ask you about what your advice would be for a young emerging producer new to the city um or new to any city 
Uh, what, what would you advise they do at the moment? At the moment, like right now? Yeah, or to develop themselves. What, obviously, there's not, not a lot of work happening or the yeah. kind of opportunities are quite scarce in many ways but what can they be doing what what would you advise if you were mentoring a producer what would that what would you advise so i would really say research because research, i usually would say see work because i come across so many producers that i don't think actually like it's young producers starting out that aren't really seeing the work and i think once you start seeing work, it helps you define the particular intervention that you want to make or think you can make, where you can be useful and the territory of work that you're interested in. I mean, I guess there's producers that work across all things and that's fine. I've never been that kind of producer. I've always sort of had the territory of practice that I'm interested in working within. Um, so I would I would advise seeing work and if you can't see work currently because of the pandemic, but I mean, you sort of can to research and see what venues are doing, what festivals are doing, what artists are making, try and understand the ecology that you sit within through research and making connections and also speak to people. So when I started up producing I wrote loads of letters to producers that I was interested in speaking to and some of them met with me and some of them I sort of still work with now so I would definitely recommend to just make connections reach out to people and invest time in understanding the ecology what artists are making um, you know what work is out there and also it's a um, it's a marathon not a sprint so I didn't understand that when I was starting out and part of me is like damn I wish I'd sort of taken a few years to like just travel the world and be young you know I did do that around you know working but you know starting a job in a venue at age 23 it is young enjoy yourself enjoy life feel the sunshine on your face and um have a great time because life is for living. Don't get too stressed out about it because if you commit to it, it will happen, but it does just take time. And, you know, look at my journey with Transform. You asking me, when did you feel like it finally started? Well, you know, six years on, it feels like it's getting there, but it takes time. So you might as well just take your time and enjoy the journey. That's really, really sound advice. Um, it's it, it's weird to me that there's kind of a lot of things I, I, I mean, we've known each other for, for years, but there's kind of moments in this conversation where I've learned something new and I've and things have started clicking into place actually going, of course, that's why you're good at that. Or like, there's a small thing in your intro where you mentioned uh, being in a call centre and working in oh, a yeah. bar. And there's two kind of professions. Of course, that's why you're good at speaking to people and that's why you've got resilience. It's because you worked in those kind of call centre environments where you're getting rejected or you're getting kind of, I imagine it was cold calling. It's kind of, that's a really difficult yeah. environment to work in. Yeah. Do you, do you reflect on those jobs thinking, okay, that's that did build me up in the right way? Kind of, although I was always just, Shit, at all the jobs I did, I was so <laughs> bad. I wasn't very good. But I think I was quite lucky because my dad, in particular, when I was little, I'd be like, oh, I want to do this. Like, I want to write a book. And he'd be like, yeah, well, some young people are now becoming published authors. So I'd be like, oh, great. Well, I could just do that. I think just believing in yourself and being robust and also not taking it too personally because you will get knocked back and you will feel, you know, embarrassed at times when things don't work out the way you said they would or the way they planned, but it's just part of the package and it's what kind of makes it, you know, a sort of a journey and an experience is like, yeah, those highs and lows. Um, but yeah, I think like definitely there's like a robustness that I've had to develop um, that I've sort of always like had in a way of some kind 
but I'm also like very human as well and I think people can forget that sometimes like particularly in our little like arts bubble in Leeds like you know I'm not a machine there's only so much I can do and also for the majority of the six years I've had like you know just wildly like not enough resources or people or support to do the stuff so you know I kind of like need people to bear with me at times as well yeah totally get that um well I've got one more question for you um wow and and maybe something that's maybe not theatre or performance related but more personal yeah um it's about um, an investment you've made, and it, maybe this is really poignant over from the last year, um, year and a half we've had. But but what I wonder what the the best or most worthwhile investment you've made is, um, and it can be investment in money, uh, in time, in energy, in new focus. But kind of is is there a yeah? What's the most worth, worthwhile investment? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be just a massive, like, idiot and say, like, investment in my partner. I think that's really important to make the space for other things outside your work. And my partner, he's called Felix, he's a theatre technician, and he's just, like, a really joyful, like, beautiful person. And like my investment in him in the last four years of investment in time of being outside of this workspace has been so important. And I don't think we talk about that enough in this industry about like non arts things. That's really, really interesting. Yeah, no, 100%. I think he makes me realize that it is a job at the end of the day. You know, when you love something, you just care so much. And often the things, they shouldn't matter as much. But he kind of helps me see that it doesn't as matter. Like, just not to stress about it and that it is a job and to, like, put the computer down or forget about it and invest in other things. So it's like family and life, like being alive. And it actually has taken me a while to realize that I had a bit of an imbalance. And that would be definitely an advice, a bit of advice I would want to share with others is just take time and take time for yourself and take time out of the work because there's other things that are, that are important. Even though it is our love, like it is our craft, we have to also stay like happy and healthy. Yeah. I think that's a really good place to end it. That's a really, really, really good piece of advice. Um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, you for your time. I've loved it, it. It's been really, really inspiring and a re- really interesting to get an insight into something that we I especially can see the I can see the outside public facing but the getting insight into the internal stuff is really really interesting so thank you for and thanks for your honesty as well no worries so, um, it's fun I really enjoyed it